This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 295. Nat Geo 2022 Photos of the Year, an iconic surf photographer, Art Brewer, has died. Let's head on over to Petapixel to check out this week's news stories. National Geographic has published its 2022 Pictures of the Year, the headline story of its December issue. These selections are the result of reviewing more than 2 million photos that were captured in the field this year. The photos are a selection of images captured by National Geographic photographers from around the world. The publication says that they offer breathtaking glimpses of a shared human journey and serve to remind viewers of the unique elements of the planet. Quote, from the discovery of the shipwreck endurance and the impact of climate change on endangered species to the first summit of Mount Everest by an all-black team of explorers, as well as emotional and striking shots of Ukraine refugees standing in solidarity, National Geographic captures it all in pictures of the year 2022, the publication writes. This past year, 132 photographers were sent on assignments to 60 countries, and National Geographic says they shipped a total of 4,000 pounds of gear into the field. Together, these photographers feel, uh, filed an astounding 2,238,899 images from 120-degree temperatures in Pakistan's Sindh and Balochistan province to days reaching 49 degrees below zero in Canada's Northwest Territories. National Geographic says that in the process, nearly every continent was covered, resulting in a robust and diverse look at life across the globe. Below are just a few of the images Petapixel selected from the full list of photos that are featured both in National Geographic's December print edition and on its website. Many of them may be new to viewers, while some might be familiar, such as the photo of Native American Quana Rose, Chasing Horse, or the day-to-night photo of the Grand Canyon, thanks to lengthy features on each that Petapixel featured earlier this year. And there are some absolutely beautiful images in here. Oh, some really gorgeous shots. And you can check out all these images in this story in today's show notes. National Geographic shared a few interesting statistics regarding the pictures of the year. The photos in the issue are the top 118 from the field. This includes 44 photographers who completed their first National Geographic assignment and the 4,000 pounds of gear that Nat Geo staff photo engineer Tim O'Brien shipped into the field. 29,032 feet of elevation was attained by photographer Evan Green as part of the first all-black team to summit Mount Everest. 9,869 feet in depth of the endurance shipwreck whose discovery was documented by photographer Esther Horvin. Nine remote cameras were used by photographer Dave Winters, who had them pointed at Artemis 1 on September 27th until its launch was halted as Hurricane Ian formed. Four types of transport, including a powered 
paraglider that photographer Ben Depp used to document Louisiana's coast, one tripod taken by a hyena when Jen Goyton was photographing hyenas in Kenya. Along with these photos, National Geographic has also launched its first photo contest in years to support the issue. From now until the end of December, the publication is inviting people to submit their favorite pictures for a chance to be included in National Geographic magazine, as well as get featured on Nat Geo's Your Shot Instagram page. The details of the contest can be found on Nat Geo Pictures of the Year Contest.com. Full coverage of National Geographic's Pictures of the Year can also be found on NatGeo.com slash photos. And it is interesting. I mean, that's a lot of photographs. You're talking over 2 million photos that were taken out in the field during the calendar year of 2022. And as I said earlier, a lot of them are just absolutely amazing. For example, they have one here, SpaceX's uh, Falcon 9 rocket launched from Cape Canaveral in the early hours of June 19th. And then, of course, right below that is the picture of the Artemis 1 on its launch platform at Kennedy Space Center's launch complex 39B from back in March. And they did, I believe, finally get the Artemis 1 launched. Uh, They had to delay several times before they were successful. Harrowing, the bitter death of birds wins environmental photo of the year. In 2022, the Environmental Photographer of the Year competition has announced its winners with top honors going to a disheartening photo of just a few of the thousands of birds that died in the Mekala Lagoon in Iran due to contamination and lack of water. The Environmental Photographer of the Year competition is now in its 15th year and aims to showcase some of the world's most inspirational environmental photography. The competition was sponsored by the Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management, Water Bear, Nikon, and Arup. The competition gives out six awards, Environmental Photographer of the Year, Young Environmental Photographer of the Year, the Nikon Award, Vision of the Future, Recovering Nature, Keeping 1.5 Alive, and Adapting for Tomorrow. This past year also introduced a new ethics panel, which the organization says was added to improve accountability and transparency, uh, transparency in photo selection. The above photo, titled The Bitter Death of Birds, was captured by photographer Mehdi Mohebi Poor, who took home the title of Environmental Photographer of the Year. It depicts just three of the thousands of birds that perished in iron, as well as the environmental workers who collected the bodies to prevent the spread of disease. It was chosen as the winning photograph for its surreal portrayal of the circular nature of life between humans and wildlife, as well as its powerful combination of conveying the real environmental issues affecting our planet, while using bold and contrasting colors to create a visually arresting photo. The Environmental Photographer of the Year organization says, quote, it means the world to have won this prestigious award as photographing the climate and showcasing the damage being caused is my biggest priority in life. I want people around the world to know about this sad event of the depth of these birds, as if we do not consider our lifestyle and take care of the planet, this will soon happen in other countries, Mehdi says of his win. Below are the winning images of the other five categories. Young Environmental Photographer of the Year, the Nikon Award, and it's an absolutely beautiful shot of some birds that looks like, or yeah, birds that was, looks like it was taken from above. Vision of the Future. Uh, recovering the nature, uh, recovering nature, keeping 1.5 alive. 
and adapting for tomorrow. To view these and all of the shortlisted finalists, visit the Environmental Photographer of the Year website. Legendary surf photographer Art Brewer has died. Iconic photographer Art Brewer, who defined surf photography for over five decades, has passed away at the age of 71. Brewer, who has photographed surfing legends like Gary Lopez, Tom Kern, and Kelly Slater, died after battling liver failure. A GoFundMe account set up to pay for Brewer's medical expenses said that the photographer had been facing life-threatening health issues. On November 11th, it was revealed on the GoFundMe page that Brewer had passed away at UCLA Hospital and was peacefully surrounded by family and close friends. Referred to as the sport's most naturally gifted surf photographer by Matt Warsaw in the Definitive Encyclopedia of Surfing, Brewer was completely self-taught. Brewer, who was based in Laguna Beach, California, started surfing at the age of 12 and picked up his first camera at age 16. Brewer published his first cover shot for Surfer Magazine in 1968, a year after picking up a camera. He went on to become the surfing world's dominant photographer for the next few decades. Brewer was renowned for both his action shots and his portraits. He spent the next decade shooting photographs for Surfer Magazine and competitor Surfing Magazine. Throughout the 80s and 90s, he continued ruling surf photography with some of the most iconic action shots the sport has ever seen. According to an obituary in the New York Times, Brewer showed a deft eye for lighting and framing in capturing the thrilling sights of great surfers. Though Mr. Brewer's lens, uh, through Mr. Brewer's lens, I'm sorry, Bruce Irons surfed into what looked like the eye of a hurricane in Indonesia. Uh, Barry Kanabapi darted through the Honolulu Bay like a speedboat, leaving a wake behind him. Shane Dorian, also in Indonesia, appeared to split the ocean, and Strider Waleski seemingly rode his board underwater off Oahu. Jim Kempton, the former editor of Surfer Magazine, described Brewer's surfing photography as character studies. Brewer's images have appeared in publications like Rolling Stone, Esquire, and the New York Times Magazine. Adventure Journal reports that Brewer moved on to shoot more commercial photography later on in his life, once the digital camera and internet obliterated traditional surf photography. However, Brewer's work continued to impact generations of surf photographers that came after him. And it is sad to hear that he has passed away at the age of 71, and our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends during this trying time. Rico may withdraw or sell multiple businesses to increase profitability. Rico is set to evaluate its many business segments and determine which it will withdraw from or attempt to sell as it aims to increase its return on investment for the 2023 fiscal year. According to a report from the Japanese publication Newswitch, uh, spotted by Digicam Info, Rico's chief financial officer, uh, says the company needs to determine which of its businesses to keep in order to reach the goal of 8% return on invested capital in the fiscal year 2023. Quote, the time has come for us to make choices about our business. Uh, Kawachi says, translated, the focus on ROIC is an indicator of business efficiency, new switch writes, and Rico will set up an, an internal system to evaluate, de, uh, evaluate the company's businesses from the perspective of market position 
and suitability for transition to global uh, digital services. Rico says it is shifting from a multifunction machine to a digital service company. According to the report, Rico currently operates about 30 businesses, one of which is the imaging division that produces both Rico and Pentax branded cameras and lenses. As it evaluates the ROIC, the company is prepared to withdraw from or attempt to sell businesses that aren't in line with it, those financial goals. While no mention of Rico's photography business was mentioned, it's hard not to think its investment in cameras will heavily scrut- be heavily scrutinized when one of the perspectives it is evaluating success in the market position. Pentax cameras, while expensive, have proven to be solid and reliable. Despite this, the brand has been reduced to a relatively bit player in both Japanese and North American markets in the face of Sony, Nikon, and Canon, which dominate sales charts. While the company continues to produce new cameras and lenses at a decent cadence, it's also, it also chose to turn its nose up at mirrorless technologies and instead double down on DSLRs. It also began offering special photo color modes only available with select lenses and shifted to a workshop-like business strategy in Japan. The company narrowed its focus to better serve its small subset of fans, but that does not necessarily mean that Pentax has been able to increase its ROIC percentage. Digicam Info notes that Rico's imaging president, Akbang, said in an interview earlier this year that it had no intention to withdraw from the camera industry. Quote, it's true that Rico camera's camera business is facing a major turning point, but we have made no plans to withdraw from the business, he said. It remains to be seen if Akbane's beliefs will be in line with Rico's financial expectations. So we'll have to wait and see how this one fleshes out. It'd be really sad if Rico was to drop its camera divisions. That would mean the death of both the Rico line and the Pentax line. And although Pentax is not a dominant camera brand in the world of photography, it does have its loyal following. So hopefully we don't see them go the way of the dodo bird. All right, I'm going to take a break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back, and now we'll head on over to Canon Rumors to see what they have for this week. Is the Canon EOS R5 Mark II coming in quarter two of 2023? During the Canon EOS R6 Mark II rumor cycle, we did get a fair bit of R5 Mark II talk in our inboxes. This is fairly common occurrence during product launch cycles, and we dismiss most of it. This time, we're not quite as quick to dismiss the information sent to us about the Canon EOS R5 Mark II, a camera that may be coming in quarter two of 2023. This information comes from a known source with a very good track record, while not a perfect track record, who really does, who really does have a perfect track record in the wor- rumors world. Uh, 
Here is some information that we have been sent about the Canon EOS R5 Mark II. Please don't treat this as a CR3 until we receive some confirmations from other sources. For now, it is a CR2 rumor. The Canon EOS R5 Mark II specifications, rumored again, new 61 megapixel CMOS BSI sensor, dual digit 10 processor, 30 frames per second electronic shutter with tracking 12 frames per second with mechanical shutter, same eight stop IBIS, new high resolution mode similar to pixel shift shooting found on Sony and Fujifilm, two times, four times, and eight times digital teleconverter, same dual pixel CMOS AF2 from the EOS R3 and R6 Mark II, internal 8K 60p video recording, 8K raw video spec to be confirmed, internal 4K 30p, 60p, and 120p video recording, all by oversampling, uh, FHD 240p video recording, focus breathing correction for video, new overheat prevention design similar to the EOS R6 Mark II, at least 40 minutes for 8K video and over, 60 minutes for 4K video, dual CF Express Type B card slots, standard HDMI port, dual USB-C ports, 9.44 million dot EBF, a new design of very angle LCD monitor optimized for video shooting, and a launch date of quarter two of 2023. Now, I would not be surprised if Canon does announce an R5 Mark II. It makes sense because they already did so with the R6. And as I've said before, I didn't expect them to ever release a version two of the EOS R or RP as those were stopgap cameras as Canon was dipping its toes in the mirrorless market. So this definitely makes a lot of sense. EOS R camera between the R7 and the R10 coming. It feels like the old days again as numerous camera rumors continue to flow in. It's becoming a bit more challenging figuring out which camera fits which rumor segment, but we'll do our best. The latest bit of information that we can confirm is a new camera body coming that will fit between the R7 and the R10 in the lineup from a price standpoint. We don't think that this is going to be a similar product placement as we had seen with DSLRs and the EOS 77D. We think that the EOS R8 or R9, guessing on the name, will have a different form factor and could possibly see the omission of a built-in viewfinder, but those are just guesses at this point. Here is a rundown of the current rumored EOS R bodies coming in the next 12 months. The Canon EOS R8 or 9, this camera will be slotted between the R7 and the R10 and will likely be APS-C. We don't have any confirmed specifications at this time. The Canon EOS R50, this will slot below the R10 and will likely be a similar style to the cam in the camera to the EOS M line. Whether it has a built-in EVF remains to be learned. The Canon EOS R5S, the long-rumored high-megapixel camera, is still being mentioned. The Canon EOS R5 Mark II, we recently reported on this camera, and according to the latest rumors, it will be coming in quarter two of 2023. And the Canon EOS R7C, a cinema version of the R7, has been planned, but we're now getting some conflicting information that the product has been scrapped. We hope to hear more on the R7C one way or another in the near future. 
And I would definitely not be surprised if the one of the next cameras to come out is the R5S. As I've stated on this show many times in the past, that is a logical body to come out at some point very soon, as Canon has been hinting at it as the replacement for the 5DS and SR. And that is the body that I believe may have upwards of a 100 megapixel sensor. But again, we'll have to wait and see how 2023 works. Next up, the latest Chinese lenses for Nikon cameras from TT Artisan, Seven Artisan, Astro Hori, and Mike, including a new DSLR lens for the Nikon F mount. It is hard to keep track of all the new and upcoming Chinese lenses. Here are the latest news and updates according to a new DSLR lens, the first F mount lens for TT Artisans, which is pictured above. TT Artisan surprised us and just announced their first DSLR lens, the TT Artisan 11mm f2.8 ED full-frame fisheye lens for the Nikon F-mount. Seven Artisans has a new cinema lens, the Seven Artisans 12mm T2.9 APS-C MF Sin lens for Nikon Z-mount. Astrohori is expected to announce two new lenses this month. Uh, and their lenses are sold on Amazon, the 12mm f2.8 fisheye full frame for the Nikon Z mount, and the Astrohore 85mm f1.8 autofocus full frame lens for the Nikon Z mount. Nikkei has, uh, has been announcing a new lens every other week for the past few months. Their latest lens is a Nikon 25mm f095 APS-C mirrorless lens for Nikon Z mount. Mike lenses are sold at Amazon and on the Mike Global website. More third-party lenses can be found at the accompanying links in this article in the show notes for the Nikon F and Z mounts. So it looks like there many of the third-party lens makers are continuing to crank out new glass, and that's only wonderful for the market because it gives us as photographers more choice and more selection and various price points, which is always a good thing. Nikon temporarily suspended orders for the Nikkor Z100-400 f4.5-5.6 VRS lens because of a, quote, large number of orders which exceeds our expectations. Nikon Japan temporarily suspended orders for the Nikon Z100-400 lens because of a large number of orders. The Nikon Z100-400 lens is currently in stock at Adorama, B&H Photo, Amazon, Calumet DE, Photo Earnhardt DE, and Camera Canada. Expect availability to become limited in the coming weeks and months. Here is the Google translated notice from Nikon Japan. Uh, December 01, 2022, product information. Thank you for your continued patronage of Nikon products. We have received a large number of orders for the Nikkor Z100-400 f4.5-5.6 VRS lens, which exceeds our expectations. We have decided to temporarily stop accepting orders from Friday, December 2nd, 2022. We are considering increasing production due to the favorable reception of orders, but we sincerely apologize for causing a great deal of inconvenience to customers who are waiting for this product. We will continue to monitor the situation and make an announcement as soon as it is confirmed. We will do our best to deliver it as soon as possible, so we appreciate your understanding. And it's not surprising because many camera makers and others, other companies for that matter, even outside of photography, are still struggling with global supply chain issues and production issues. I mean, to be honest, right now, and I was surprised that it's taking a month plus to get an iPhone 14 Pro Max. 
I placed my pre-order uh, a while after it was officially announced as available, and it still took me a little over a month to get mine. And the list, waiting list for that particular phone is still quite long. DPR TV, best and worst cameras and lenses of 2022. Praise for Fujifilm X-H2S. Blame for XF 18 to 120 millimeter F4 PZ. DP Review TV tells us which are the best and worst gear launched in 2022. The Fujifilm X-H2S establishes itself as the best hybrid camera as it snaps the first spot in the video camera category and the second spot in the stills camera category. But it's not all good for Fujifilm. In fact, the Fujinon XF 18-120 F4PZ has been declared the worst lens. The best lens, number one, is the Sony 24-70 F2.8 GM2. And number two is the Sigma 20mm F1.4 Art DGDN. A pity that none of the four Fujinon lenses launched this year even got an honorable mention. The best video camera, number one, is the Fujifilm X-H2S, and number two is the Sony FX30. Fujifilm X-H2S is available at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Moment. Best photo camera is the A7R5. They highlight that it is definitely not best as hybrid camera, but this section is for stills only. Number two is the Fujifilm X-H2S stack sensor at a price that can't be matched by full frame, lovely handling, and greatly improved AF. The worst lens is the Fujinon XF 18-120 F4PZ, designed as a video lens. It is not as sharp, Chris says. It's still a decent lens, but Jordan was disappointed by it. Should be sharper to take the most advantage of 8K or XH2 on, on the XH2 or open gate 6.2K of the XH2S. The lens can be ordered at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Moment, and Focus Camera. Worst video camera was the Sony ZV-1F, and worst photo camera was the Nikon Z30. Oh, wow. So definitely some interesting, and I hadn't watched that video yet. I'll have to check it out for myself later on today. Next up, Viltrox 75mm F1.2 Pro AF XF will cost $549. High resolution samples and product images. Just yesterday, we reported how a Vietnamese store was taking pre orders for the upcoming Viltrox 75mm F1.2 AF XF lens. We also shared many sample images as well as product images in that article. You can see it all at the accompanying link in this story in the show notes, and many have missed that we also shared some high-resolution sample photos and the accompanying link. And here is an important update. The Vietnamese store was taking pre-orders for 10,500,000 Vietnamese dong, equivalent of 423 to 400 uh, American dollars to 405 euros, but that's not the price it will be sold for in U.S. dollars. In fact, I have been informed that the Viltrox 75mm F1.2 AF-XF will cost $549. This Viltrox 75mm will be coming soon at the Viltrox store at B&H Photo, Amazon U.S., and Adorama. The Viltrox 13, 23, 33, 56, 1.4 AF lenses are all available to Viltrox Viltrox Store, B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Pergear, as well as eBay. And the Viltrox 85mm F1.82 AF is available at the Viltrox Store, B&H Photo, Amazon US, 
and Adorama. So Viltrox continues to crank out some really, really great glass. It's too bad they had to cease production on their Canon RF mount stuff. And wrapping up this week, as we head over to Sony Rumors, images of the new Chikar 35mm f1.2 Mark II FE lens. These are the first images of the zoom to be announced. The new Chikar 35mm f1.4 Mark II FE lens. The new second generation version has a minimum focusing distance of 30 centimeters, an Aurora ring design, an all metal material, and a weight of about 230 grams. There is also a leak of this lens that will not be available for E mount at the start, but it's likely there is going to be an E mount version in 2023. It's this Astahori 18mm f0, uh, f8.0 shift lens. Optical structure of nine elements in nine groups. The field of view is 99.2 degrees. Shift of plus or minus six millimeters. Minimum focusing distance of 34 meters. Uh, 0.34 meters, I'm sorry. Uh, filter, uh, filter interface of 58 millimeters. Lens body size of 62 by 36 millimeters. Weight of about 164 grams. Available in RF and L bayonet mounts. And it is an interesting looking lens, so it might be one that you want to check out for yourself as a potential purchase. And the last story for today is still running up to $600 off on Sony cameras and lenses. Sony launched their camera lens Black Friday deals. You can find on these pages at B&H Photo, Amazon, camera deal page, lens deal page, and Adorama. And you can get up to $500 if you trade in a camera or lens at B&H Photo and Adorama. Cameras, $500 off on the Sony A7R4 at B&H Photo, Amazon, Adorama. $500 off on the Sony A7 II. $300 off on the A7 III. $200 off on the A7C, and $100 off on the Sony ZV-1 at all three of those retailers, B&H Photo, Amazon, and Adorama. Lenses only, some special mentions, as list is incredibly long, and you can find the longer version of the list in this article in the show notes. $100 off on the Sony 12-24 GM, $100 off on the Sony 14mm F1.8 GM, $100 off on the Sony 15mm f1.4 G lens. $100 off on the Sony 20mm f1.8 G lens. $100 off on the 24mm f1.4 GM lens. $200 off on the Sony 24-105 lens. $100 off on the 50mm 1.2 GM. $200 off on the Sony 70-200 G lens. $100 off on the Sony 70-300 G lens. $100 off on the Sony 90mm macro lens, $100 off on the Sony 100-400 GM lens, and $100 off on the Sony 200-600G lens. All, all of these lenses are available at B&H Photo, Amazon, and Adorama. For accessories, we have up to $100 off on Sony memory cards and $50 off on the Sony VGC4 EM vertical grip. Both of those available at B&H Photo, Amazon, and Adorama. So definitely a lot of discounts out there that are still available to be had as we wrap up the end of 2022. 
Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 295 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. If you share out the show, please do so and encourage your friends to listen to the show. If everybody sent it out to one friend and encouraged them to listen to the show, we could double our audience just like that. All right. Also remember to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, comment on them, like them, share them out on social media, and remember to hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. Later on today, I will be releasing my unbox and review of the Platyball Elite tripod ball head. So make sure you're subscribed and have notifications turned on for when that episode releases later on today. All right, that's going to wrap this one up, and I will see you all again on Thursday.